This is In the Zone, your home for Salina Sports Talk. High school sports, Kansas Wesleyan and Bethany, KU, K-State, and Wichita State. Wait, is there anything these guys don't cover? You're in the zone. Welcome into In the Zone today here on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL 106.7 as well on the FM dial. And as always, we have a busy, busy Thursday show for you. So let's get it started with the head football coach of the Ellsworth Bearcats, Josh Hamolka. Coach joins us each week on the show. Thanks to the Ellsworth Co-op and Ampride Convenience Store, who knows it takes a team effort to be a winner both on the field and in the classroom. They wish the boys and girls at Ellsworth High School the best in every game and support the teachers, parents, and administration in all they do. The Ellsworth Co-op and Ampride Convenience Store are proud to serve the Ellsworth area. Coach, how are we doing today? Really good. How are you? I am great. Just running around all over the place with this being the last weekend or week, weekend, whatever you want to call it, of the regular season. It's been kind of a whirlwind, so I'm just kind of getting settled, but I'm glad to talk to you because your team is still doing fantastic work on the field, and, and it's been fun to follow. So tell me, what happened on Friday night? How did you see it out of the uh, the coach's eyes? You know, we got up 22 points in that first five, four or five minutes, and from there on out, I was thinking uh, – how can we slow this thing down and and just not get anybody hurt and let's get into let's get into this week because uh, uh, that was a real blessing that we made those plays early getting up 22 points because it's going to be the, just the way we run our offense and how how we play defense it's hard to get back into games when we're when we do that so because um, we're going to try to grind out first downs and and uh, hold the ball keep, play keep away so. Um, it really, it really benefited us, and and we got some young guys in in the game a little earlier than usual. So, I thought we played really well. Yeah, thirty-seven to nineteen, a win over a really good Halstead team. Halstead locked up the third place spot in the district with that game, and you now have a chance to play for a district and a league title coming up tomorrow night, which is pretty exciting stuff. Considering, you know. This team, we knew it had potential, but the way that they just continue to execute, I think, has really started to catch a lot of eyes around the state, Coach. But from your from your perspective, did you anticipate getting to this point with this group this season? I did, yeah. I, I mean, I felt like we were going to have a really good football team, and I I felt like we were going to be pretty physical up front, and I, I felt really good about our backfield, and I knew defensively we were going to be physical, and and have pretty good team speed uh, at a few of those spots. So I felt really good going into the season. Well, certainly it's it's been exactly what you expected then because this offense has been very talented, you know, putting up good good numbers almost every single week, and the defense has more than delivered, giving up just, what, 40 total points through seven games now. So the physicality certainly has been a big factor there. But maybe – from from what you see in practice, what you see behind the scenes, what's maybe an underrated thing this team has done that's helped get them to this seven and zero point? I think the focus and uh, how close of a how tight knit of a group they are um, off the field. That it's a really good group to be around, and they really care about 
not just themselves being great, but they want Bearcat athletics to be great. So they've done everything they're supposed to do to get to this point, and that stuff pays off. When, you, when you're willing to go out of your way and be uncomfortable uh, a good majority of the year so you can go out and have a chance to win seven games, uh, they've done that. And, and that's the sacrifice you have to make to, to be a really good football team. Again, we're joined by Josh Hamolka, head football coach of the Ellsworth Bearcats here on In the Zone today. Coach, like we mentioned, you've got an a important game coming up tomorrow night on the road against a really good Southeast of Saloon team, and you're going for a district title, a league title, all of that. But when you look at this game, is it a little bit more simple than maybe I'm making it out to be, just any other game? Or, or do you feel that added level of excitement with the the district and and league implications on the line as well i i don't know if we feel pressure i i look at it as a great opportunity uh you get to play one of the best teams in the state um uh i think outside people are putting a lot of on this game maybe uh it it is a big game but i think as a player you're going in you got two paths you can choose for, from there's a fork in the road you can either be a a one seed in the playoffs, you can be a two seed. And uh, there's distinctly different paths to get into the, to the final game. And uh, that's what's up. That's what's up for grabs right now. So uh, it's a big game, but it isn't any different than any others. We're still all going to be in the playoffs and uh, you know, we could all potentially see each other again. So this is just uh, kind of a preview of the playoffs and, and uh, that's just, that's just how it goes in Kansas. That's how that's how it's set up right now, and um, we're excited about the opportunity. But when you get to go play the number one team, and uh, you you kind of had to battle your way to this point, you know, I think our guys just see it as an opportunity to go prove themselves that they can play with the best. Well, it is a, a fun opportunity, a big opportunity that I'm I'm looking forward to. But before we we can kind of get to that point, you you've got one more day of preparation here. What's what's the big thing this team needs to just f- put the the final touches on in terms of preparation for tomorrow night's game? You know, one thing they have is great. They do have great team speed in their front seven, all the way to the back four. So on on defense and offense. So the big thing is just adjusting to the speed of the game because uh, we, we haven't seen, we have not seen a front quite as fast as them. I would say Russell would be comparable on, on, you know, 22 gave us a real fit inside there. So uh, that'll be the biggest thing. Just us being able to get a hat on a hat and, and seeing if we can get a push. And what are some of the, the other challenges that Southeast of Saline might present? You mentioned the speed. Is there anything else that they do that might be a little unique? Yeah, they have no huddle every down. I mean, they're fast up the ball. And, and uh, you know, they, they want to run. Their theory is to run a, as many plays and wear you down as they can. And our theory is a little bit different than that. We don't want to run as many plays as we can. We want to run a lot of plays in a row and, and take up a lot of chunk of time uh so it's just a contrasting thought process and then they both work Uh, you know they both won championships at various levels so it's just different you know a lot of really a lot of the plays they run are similar to the plays we run 
Um, formations are similar. It's just on how you execute those is a little different. Well, Coach, I'm I'm very much excited for this game. I know you and your team are with the opportunity that's ahead. Uh, but last question, as always, what's the biggest key to getting a win here on Friday night? Uh, on offense, it's it's controlling penetration from their defensive front. And then on defense, it's just slowing them down and getting them off schedule. Um, lining up, that's the biggest thing. If you watch film, guys couldn't line up against them because they run, they run their plays so fast. So, you know, we just got to get lined up and be ready. Awesome stuff, Coach. I appreciate the time as always. Good luck tomorrow. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Awesome. Josh Hamolka, head football coach of the Ellsworth Bearcats, brought to you each week by the Ellsworth Co-op and Ampride Convenience Stores. They're proud to serve the Ellsworth area. We'll take a break here on In the Zone and be back with more right after this. You're listening to 1150 KSAL. Sports Radio, 1150 KSAL, 106.7 as well on the FM dial. Today is Thursday, which means our show sponsor for today is In My Home, the home health division of OCCK, your local provider for skilled nursing, home health aid, physical, speech, and occupational therapy, all provided in the comfort of your home. You can choose In My Home as your home health provider for quality health services. Busy show today. We just visited with the head football coach of the Ellsworth Bearcats, Josh Hamolka. They are getting ready for their big time matchup tomorrow night with the Southeast of Saline Trojans. But yesterday was a busy day. James and I were at Big 12 Basketball Media Days and uh, we we discussed basketball with Big 12 coaches and Big 12 players. And we're about to be joined by Brian Haney, the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. So why don't we listen to one of our interviews yesterday with one of those Jayhawk players. It's Kevin McCuller. He's a transfer from Texas Tech. Very impressive individual, talented basketball player, very, very good interview. So without further ado, let's go to yesterday's interview with Kansas forward Kevin McCuller. Welcome back to Big 12 Basketball Media Days. Jackson Schneider, James Wesley, now joined by a brand new Kevin, Kansas Jayhawk, Kevin McCuller. I mean, you, you've seen some familiar faces here around, I'm sure, but uh, making the change from Texas Tech to Kansas, that's not an easy decision when you hit the portal, you try and, and explore some new avenues in life. I'm curious, what led you to Kansas? Uh, yeah, just uh, I knew it was time, um, you know, just talking to Coach Self and the plan that he had, you know, for me. Um, you know, I just felt like, you know, it was the best fit for me and the best option. Uh, you know, he has a reputation of getting guards ready to play at the next level and a, a background to back that up. So uh, that's ultimately why I chose Kansas. It was a very successful program, and you come from a successful program as well. And they, they say success breeds success. So you bring in a new perspective, but, but still a lot of experience. How has that molded with this team at Kansas so far? Oh yeah, it's been great. Uh, my time at Texas Tech was wonderful and amazing. And uh, you know, now I'm here at Kansas, you know, playing in the Big 12, which is the best league in the nation for sure. Of having that experience, you know, kind of trying to help the younger guys, you know, with a bunch of young pieces, get them ready and stuff. So it's been going good. Kevin, you're known for your defense. Um, you were on the, the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, watch list. You were a semifinalist for that award a season ago. So we all know how great you are defensively. But at Texas Tech, they play such a slow style that there's not as many shots that, that go up offensively. 
Is it attractive to you the fact that you might be able to, to do a few more things in this new system offensively at KU? Oh, yeah, that's a big part of why I came to Kansas and how Coach runs his offense and the system. Uh, I'll be playing a one through the four, and that's like it's perfect for me to be able to showcase my whole versatility and my whole game and, and, and get up and down and, and play fast. So I'm looking forward to it. So if you're going to be playing the one through the four, I mean, that's point through post, uh, mm-hmm. essentially. Where do you feel like your strengths are just in terms of all those different positions that you're going to play? Uh, really, my strengths is just being versatile. Um, I feel like just showcasing everything part of my game. Um, you know, how the offense is set up is a lot of moving and, and playing super fast. So, and that's why I feel like I'm best at, and uh, that's, that's ultimately why I came to Kansas. Again, we're joined with uh, by Kevin McCuller, new Kansas Jayhawk. And, Lofty expectations to come into a, a team that just won the national title, but I'm sure that makes you a little bit hungry because your teammates all get rings and you want one too, right? So what what what's it going to take for you and this team to go do it again come March? Oh yeah, it's definitely motivation every day. I'm out there trying to you know get what some of the guys on the team already have. Uh, you know, us new guys, we we listening to them because they played in the biggest game of the year. Um, you know, and we're all trying to get there. So, um, you know, it's going to take a lot. Um, you know, it's hard, but only one team, you know, is being able to defend a national championship, and that's us. So I'm, I, I take that with a, you know, a great challenge, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The thing that's, that's definitely similar between Tech and, and KU is that both teams are really good defensively each and every year. But how similar are they just in terms of how they defend? I mean, has it been a, a big adjustment period for you? How's that part going? Um, you know, defense is really just effort. Uh, I feel like, you know, uh, anywhere you go. Um, so on that aspect, it's the same. Uh, of course, we got different different rotations and, and different things that we, you know, look forward to. So, um, you know, it's a little bit of adjustment, but it's, it's not too big of an adjustment for me. Okay. Also, oh, go ahead, Jack. Sorry. Well, I, as I'm putting things together in my head, I realize you've played in a national championship game yourself. So you don't have the ring, but you've definitely, you know what it takes to get to that point. So what do you feel like the molding of those two mindsets is? Like you've got guys that just did it. You've done it not that long ago. Putting that all together, it seems like a sort of a starstruck, perfect mixture, right? Uh, yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, I had the experience too, uh, you know, being on that team. And, um, you know, so just, you know, trying to get back there and uh, trying, trying to run it back um you know with these guys you know we have a great guys returning like Juan and Jalen Wilson and stuff so you know it's going good and I'm just taking it day by day who who has been so far like the the teammates that you've grown closest with in your time now in Lawrence um, I knew Jalen Wilson before I even got to Lawrence. I knew him since high school and middle school. We used to play the video games together all the time. Uh, Juan, of course, that's our point guard. So, you know, super close with him. Uh, Grady Dick, a freshman that came in, he, he lives right across from me in my room. So he's always in my room. We're just kicking it. He's he's a character for sure. Great, great, great kid. So uh, we just all hanging out all the time. Awesome. Well, no. I'm, I'm a, sorry, James, you go ahead. I, You've I, got I a big smile that. on your face talking about Grady Dick. And obviously being from Kansas, Kansas fans are really excited about uh, about his potential what's he like as a person and what's he bring to the table uh he's a great person uh he's always got a smile on his face um you know he works hard every day and on the court uh, he can really shoot the ball it's lights out um you know we're working on every aspect of his game too being as versatile another another guy that can do a little bit everything just like myself so you know having him out there it makes the job a lot easier all these freshmen coming in, the thing just from what I've seen uh, from some of the summer stuff that they did in pictures, they don't look like freshmen. You've got oh, yeah. Rice, who's a, a big dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, Grady Dick has got some great size. Do they play like freshmen or do they play more like guys that look like they're ready? 
Oh, no, they're ready. I mean, they came in. Um, you know, you don't just get the McDonald's All-American tag for no reason. So, you know, MJ, he got a strong body, Ernest and Zuby. Guys like that can play above the rim. Um, you know, they're all ready. You know, you just got to tune some things up, switching it from high school to college, of course, which, uh, you know, everybody goes through that phase. But, um, you know, they're, they're coming along very well. Again, we're joined by Kevin McCuller, Kansas Jayhawk, here at Big 12 Basketball Media Days. Well, you've, you've come to Lawrence, and it's, it's a different setting, but it's a, it's a good one. Now, I'm curious, though. I'm a KU grad myself. What's the thing you've come to love most about Lawrence and about KU? Uh, just how much, you know, basketball really means to those people out there. Um, you know, walking into Fog Island sometimes I still get a little, like, like it's different. Um, you know, being on this side and all those people rooting for you. We had the late night event, and it was like kind of, you know, I was left speechless. Um, all the support that they got for that. And, um, you know, just the tradi tradition there. Uh, you walk around town, everybody knows you. I haven't even played a game for them yet, and everybody yeah. knows me. So um, it's just love out there. What do you, what do you think it's going to be like now to have that home court advantage on your side instead of trying to get you to mess up or miss free throws? <laughs> Uh, it's going to be huge, uh, you know, playing off of their energy and the, that fan base, the student section out there. Uh, it's going to be great. I'm going to use it. Awesome. Well, James, do you have anything oh, else I, for that's, Kevin? That was great. Awesome. Great stuff, Kevin. Thank you so much for the time. Good luck this season. All right. Thank you all. Yep. Welcome back here to In the Zone on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL 106.7 as well on the FM dial. I am Jackson Schneider, joined now by the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney. And Brian, where do we want to start? Because yesterday was Big 12 Basketball Media Days, and then of course the Kansas Jayhawks have a big football game on Saturday. So we're smack dab in the middle of two awesome subjects. So I'll leave it up to you. Where do you want to begin? You know, why don't we start with hoops then? It was good to see you boys in Kansas City, and uh, you, know, you did a great job racking up a ton of interviews and terrific content, including Bob Huggins here on these <laughs> airwaves. So why don't we start with hoops? Let's do it. I wanted to talk to you about Kevin McCuller. We were talking with him, or we talked with him yesterday in an interview, but you and I were just talking about him off air a little bit, about the the individual that he is just a very impressive young man and a heck of a basketball player too but he comes to Kansas from Texas Tech and I think he's one of now six interconference transfers this season so there's going to be a little uh, interesting shift inside of the Big 12 but what have you seen from Kevin McCuller and what he brings to Kansas and and what we can be excited about there well he's as good of a fit for Bill Self a guy that commands so much defensively out of his team, a guy that wants a headier player that can be an extension of him on the floor. This is as good of a fit as you could have possibly found anywhere in the transfer portal for Kansas. And it just so happens it comes from a, a Big 12 conference rival. But uh, really excited about Kevin. He's been a fun kid to get to know over the last few months. We've done some NIL events together and just really love the leader that he's instantly becoming, which is hard to do when you're stepping into a team that's pretty established in their <laughs> culture and their leadership and they're coming off a national title. You know, he's a veteran voice that these guys respect, even though he wasn't here a year ago. And uh, he's, he's done a terrific job. I've, I've watched him at charity events, raise the paddle for $5,000, the personal donation, because he's got that kind of heart. And, uh, and then I've also seen, you know, practices in which, He's stepping in, and, and you know, Bill Self doesn't have to yell much at this guy because he's, 
he's doing what he's expected to do and he's leading by example. And so I, I love him and I, I enjoyed being around him yesterday as well. I was asking him what it was like to be sitting backstage. They kind of have some couch areas uh, up and down the hallways in the underbelly of the T-Mobile center where guys will sit to wait for their next uh, closed off private interview, whether it's with ESPN or Turner sports or whatever. And uh, he's sitting back there and, here comes Chris Beard, the head coach of the Texas Longhorns, who was the coach that recruited him to Texas Tech and coached him early on. Now here comes Mark Adams, who was his coach at Texas Tech most recently. And now here comes Bill Self. And 30% of the league's coaches he's played for. And so I asked him to compare and contrast, and we won't dive into everything he told me there. But point is, he loves where he's at and uh, has a lot of respect for the coaches that made him who he is today now, but he's especially excited to work with the Hall of Famer, Bill Self, and hopefully you know, do what Kansas did and, and hang in a banner and, and get him some, some bling. Because I, I can imagine as he was watching all of his teammates on late night get their big, fancy, shiny national championship rings, and he didn't get one, that had to be tough to see. But that's why he came here, to be in position to do things like that. And hopefully in these next five months, they'll have a similar chance. And I thought it was so interesting because he is such a talent and, and he, he has been on basketball's biggest stage as well. But when he was at Texas Tech, they fell, you know, just short of a national championship there in 2019. Well, now he's bringing that experience to a team that's coming off of a national championship in their own right. And I asked Bill Self in his uh, session at the podium what kind of, you know, what that can kind of do for the younger players on this Kansas team to not only have the guys that return from a national championship, but to bring in a transfer who knows what it's going to take to get that far as well. And, and it's, it's just so in, impressive that that Kansas not only doesn't lose anyone really in the transfer portal, but they bring in a guy with that kind of experience and ability. I, I just feel like it, you can't ask for much more as a Kansas fan. Man, no doubt. We also went after Tyrese Hunter. I guess that would be the, the much more you could have asked for if they would have gotten <laughs> the uh, Iowa State transfer that went to Texas. But other than that, uh, yeah, like I said, you could have had a better fit with McCuller. And they, they did okay with three McDonald's All-Americans in addition to McCuller, including the National Gatorade Player of the Year and Grady Dick. So it ended up being a great class. Would they have found room and loved it if they were able to add Hunter from Iowa State? Absolutely. But uh, you know what? I, I like the way this roster is constructed. I, I think Bill Self thinks about as highly of his point guard, Dewan Harris, as any coach possibly could. I think Harris is closing in on Marcus Garrett for Bill Self's favorite player he's had here, uh, other than his son Tyler, of course. And so there's big expectations for that young man and a lot of excitement that I think he'll bring to this program as he really starts to spread his wings now uh, as as a third year, you know, contributor, but it, it's interesting. Like technically he's a sophomore because the COVID year, technically Kevin McCuller is junior because of the COVID year. And so there's a lot that Kansas could still get out of these guys. I don't think anybody expects Jalen Wilson to be here beyond this season after testing the pre-draft process last year, but technically, you know, he's got uh, an additional year that doesn't show up when the roster is revealed. And so uh, this, this time that we're in with the, the, the effect that COVID had on guys' eligibility, we really could get three more years out of Dewan. And uh, just imagine what he would be like by the end of that, as good as he is already. And, and he's a guy that uh, I, I think Bill Self really feels like the best 
we haven't even seen the surface of just yet. So hopefully that starts to emerge this year. Again, we're joined by Brian Haney, the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks here on In the Zone today and talking some Kansas basketball at the moment. Well, we, we talked about, Brian, the, the recruiting class that's coming in, these these young freshmen. Well, there's a kid from Kansas that's catching all this attention because of the abilities that he has. It's Grady Dick, kid who started at Wichita Collegiate and kind of took the world by storm and and then goes to Sunrise Christian and continues to grow and, and was a McDonald's All-American. And was he the high school player of the year, too? Is that right? Gatorade. Gatorade, Gatorade yes. Okay, so that is an unreal talent to not only get to Kansas, but for him to be from Kansas himself, I feel like – this kid's going to be a fan favorite right away, but what is what is he going to be able to add to this team from day one? Because Bill Self said himself yesterday that he's going to have the best chance to make an impact from day one. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I love the, the quote Self had about the size and the release point of his shot, the confidence in his shot. It makes him a really difficult guy to defend. And let me just read the quote to you. He said, even Mario Chalmers and Brandon Rush were in here the other day, and they said, gosh, you can't block him. He's 6'8", and he shoots it up high. He doesn't have to dip to shoot it. I think mechanics are part of it. The other thing, probably more importantly, is when it comes to shooting, the dude has no memory. I mean, none. Now, he may, be, he may not be confident in all other areas of playing, but when it comes to that one skill set, his confidence level shooting the ball is like what Marcus Garrett's was defensively. He can't remember the bad stuff. He may miss 10 in a row, but he thinks he's going to make the next 10, and we need that. So that, that to me, was a great quote about the total package of Grady Dick as a three-point shooter. And he's right. You know, when you're that tall and you release it above your head as high as he does, how do you? alter that shot how do you block that shot it's it's quite a weapon for Kansas and I've watched him fill it up in practice and it looks effortless so there's other areas that he needs to work on he needs to get stronger certainly uh in the gym he needs to you know work on the defensive components that are commanded of the head coach at the University of Kansas and expected of you on that end of the floor but uh athletically in terms of his bounce and and you know, his length and all that, he, he oozes pro potential. And then you see a shot and you can see why so many salivate over this young man as a prospect and why he was so heavily coveted and highly touted. So definitely excited about him. I'm excited about Ernest Uday and, and Zuby Edgefer as well in, in the uh, post. I think that you're going to have a, a lot of back and forth between those two as to who the best freshman big is on any given day. Uday's probably a little bit ahead of Zuby right now, but not by much. And then MJ Rice is going to be a, an alpha that Bill Self likens to Wayne Selvin. Uh, and I think he's going to do big things for Kansas, but um, he's probably a little bit behind Grady right now in, in getting his feet underneath him and, and acclimated and all of that. So uh, a lot to like in this recruiting class, no doubt, but, but Grady definitely is the headliner. Again, we are joined by the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney. He joins us here each week on In the Zone, thanks to our friends at Nimnik True Value Hardware in Ellsworth. Brian, let's switch things over to the football side of things because the, the Jayhawks are, again, faced with a, a tough task going on the road to take on the Baylor Bears. But this one, it's a little bit different, right? Because you, 
you go to Oklahoma last week, and the Sooners are backed up against the wall. They get their starting quarterback back, and it just was kind of a tough task. But even even with all of the, the things kind of adding up against Kansas, the Jayhawks were right in the, the thick of things in that game last week, and now they have a week under their belt with Jason Bean kind of taking the starting reps and everything, and they go to a game against Baylor that I think people still feel like this Jayhawk team has a really good chance of competing and winning and earning a spot in a bowl game for the first time in 13 years. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's great to see games like this that in previous eras you felt like, oh my gosh, we're a five-touchdown dog. How are we even going to be keeping this an interesting broadcast in the second half uh, to, to now feeling like, okay, we got a chance every week, regardless of venue, regardless of opponent. At Baylor, even though they were preseason nationally ranked and in the second week of the season they were number nine in the country, uh, clearly they've come and come back down to earth a little bit. And, and part of that was being without Shapin in the second half a week ago. It helps them that that was a Thursday night game, and so he's got two extra days to be cleared. But their running back, who had his injury in the same quarter, also a head injury, uh, he may not come back this week. And so it's been interesting watching uh, some of the media reports. And I know uh, on their coach's show, John Morris, my counterpart, got Dave Aranda to give an update on, on shape of the quarterback. And he said that he's back with us and that things are, are looking good, even though it was an ongoing uh, concussion protocol situation on Monday. Uh, it sounds like it's gotten better throughout the week, but you look at at the running back situation and and the kid they call Squirrel, he uh, he may be out even though the injury happened at the exact same quarter, same game, all that. So it just goes to show you, not not every head injury is is uh, created equal, and, and guys have different recovery times than others. So certainly, while while you want to you know have Kansas have the best chance possible, you never want to see a young man regardless of what team he plays for, you know, dealing with something scary like that. So it's great news that uh, it sounds like Blake Shapin's going to make a, a quick recovery here. But uh, I think Lance Leipold, if you go back to his Tuesday press conference, he expected all along that uh, the Shapin would be back just because they had those extra couple of days. And, you know, obviously we saw what Oklahoma looked like with and without Dylan Gabriel, what a difference it makes to have your QB one back there. And so, uh, I think we, we should expect Shapin for sure and Craig Williams, the, the running back they call Squirrel, uh, I, I think he's probably at this point doubtful. So that's that's the update on that side. But they've got a lot of talent. They have five players that were preseason All-Americans of some sorts, one of which uh, on their D-line was a five-publication consensus All-American. So a lot of talent on this team. You can see why they, they were preseason top ten. Again, their coach, Dave Miranda, was the – Big 12 coach of the year a year ago. And so there's, there's a lot to, uh, to, to be uh, weary of that, that they can bring. But at the same time, you know, whether it was the loss at, at Baylor or rather at BYU early in the year or Oklahoma State, West Virginia setbacks of late, they've certainly shown that in a league as good as the Big 12, uh, they're not world beaters by any means, and, and anybody can have them. So uh, we'll see if Kansas can be the next team to knock them off. I know this. It gets tougher and tougher to get that elusive sixth win for bold eligibility uh, the more the losses pile up. You'd like to get it knocked out early and not let this thing drift into the final month of the season. If you lose this week, you've got a bye week next week. Then you have Oklahoma State coming in after that. 
And, uh, you know, many people, regardless of, of, of last week, you know, feel like Oklahoma State is the class of the conference. TCU certainly uh, showed us a lot in that win, but a lot of people still feel like talent-wise it's LSU. So for Kansas, boy, you'd, you'd love to get this one. And then anything that happens in November is icing on the cake. Obviously, some would feel that's the case already when their preseason projected win total was two or three. But let's call it like it is. When you get to 5-0, and you expect to get that sixth win at some point. Yeah. You expect to go to your first bowl game since 2008. And uh, I think for this Kansas club, it's trying to get Jalen Daniels back, hopefully next month. Um, you know, they'd love to have that sixth win already tucked away. And then at that point, you're, you're playing for style points and, and a better bowl matchup and, and all the like. You'd hate to have it come down to the wire with, uh, you know, Texas, your second to last game who wants revenge from last year, and then at K-State, hopefully they've locked it up before then, whether it happens this week or at Texas Tech or Oklahoma State at home. But I think, as I alluded to it, it gets a little bit more pressure-filled with each passing week that you don't get it done. So hopefully this is the week. Well, Brian, I was very impressed. Thinking back to last week, I, like I said, it's kind of a tough ask to go to Norman, Oklahoma, and see an Oklahoma team that rarely loses three in a row facing that situation where they get their starting quarterback back. And on top of that, you don't have your starting quarterback, but you do have a talented quarterback playing. I, I just I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't 42 points out of Jason Bean in this Kansas offense. But now that I, I look at it, I, I don't feel like I should have been surprised because we knew he had this kind of ability, but like, from your perspective, did you expect that kind of offensive success from the Jayhawks last week? And can we see that maybe sustained into this week's game? I did expect them to put at least, you know, 35 plus on the board. I think we said on the show last week that I thought it was going to be a shootout in the upper 30s. I did not expect us to give up 52. I did not expect our worst tackle game in terms of tackles and not getting stops on third down where they were 16 of 20, which is unheard of. Um, and that was a product of the tempo that they ran and 100 plays that they executed. The hot day and our guys were worn down and a little bit thin with some key injuries to Kobe Bryant and didn't see a ton of Lonnie Phelps in that one. And it all kind of adds up. But we knew OU was vulnerable defensively. And we knew Kansas could move the ball to a certain degree. No one could have forecast that, that you'd see both Lawrence Arnold and Mason Fairchild erupt for uh, over 100 yards each career days and both had two touchdowns. And it, it, it's amazing to see, you know, that the numbers that uh, Fairchild has posted this season, he's having a breakout all-conference kind of year. But, uh, you know, it wasn't a perfect performance either. I mean, we had a couple of interceptions by Jason Bean he'd like to have back a couple of times. Maybe a different read could have been made or he could have decided to take off with the ball a little bit sooner. But perhaps he was being careful in his mind not to run too much, knowing that if he gets dinged, you know, you're down to a true freshman on the depth chart behind him. But my point is, I was impressed with our fight. I was impressed with the way we handled adversity. Love the goal line stand late in the first half after Kobe Bryant's been carted off the field. Loved some of the offensive fireworks. But, you know, for being honest, game probably wasn't as close as the final score indicated that felt more like a two to three touchdown type margin uh, a lot of the day they gave us two of those three takeaways that we got which is dropping the ball in one case the gabriel's own running back hit his elbow as he dropped back to throw not us in the other case he just kind of kicked it around 
That's not to take anything away from Kansas because we were still in position, Hayden Hatcher to be particular, both times in position to get that fumble recovery. But that, that aided as well in, in helping you know, Kansas keep pace for the bulk of the game. What I liked was we matched them serve for serve, drive for drive early, 14 all. And then when the, the backs could have been broken late in the first half when they got a chance to go up three touchdowns right before halftime, you saw the great goal line stand. It just stunk to throw a pick right out the gates to start the second half and lose that momentum. And it just felt like we were fighting an uphill battle all day after that. So to me, uh, plenty of things to feel good about, but also plenty of reminders of, of what needs to get shored up, you know, to win again in this league as competitive as it is. And, you know, again, for anybody that just watches casually and, and saw Oklahoma get boat raced by Texas the week before and absolutely dominated by TCU two weeks before that. Dylan Gabriel was not a part of six of those eight quarters. He was a part of all four quarters on Saturday and a world of difference he makes at quarterback. And so that was bad timing on Kansas's part, you know, and, and, you know, it looks like Baylor will be at full strength quarterback wise this week. So you can't expect any breaks there, but you know, what Kansas has had to endure now losing Highshaw. Daniels and then Kobe Bryant in three consecutive weeks, arguably three of your top five or six most important players. That's a brutal hand to be dealt and everybody deals with injuries, but I'm just telling you this bye week couldn't come at a better time next week. They need to get some guys back and, you know, two of those three, I I think can come back sooner rather than later, but this club is is dealing with adversity. Well, but they got to find a way to rise above and, and, and still keep finding ways to win. And that's obviously easier said than done. Brian, Kansas has never won in Waco. I'm reading the game notes and I was surprised to learn that. But what's it going to take for this Kansas team to go down to Waco on Saturday and come out with their first win ever against the Baylor Bears on the road? Well, I think that. For Jason Bean, he needs to play a clean football game. And we talked about this last week, that it seems like as dynamic as he can be, he's good for one or two throws a half. You're just like, oh, man, where was he going with that? How did that one sail on him? How did we get that picked there? He doesn't have to play a perfect game, but you got to stay away from the self-inflicted wounds. You just don't have the margin for error to, to give up takeaways or turnovers in your own end when you've got a struggling and wounded Kansas defense that that's trying to stay in front of dynamic athletes like what Baylor will throw at you with Gavin Holmes who just had you know 210 yards in in the the West Virginia game and you got a great tight end to contend with in Ben Sims and like I said I do expect Shapen to be back and Shapen before he went out with a head injury at West Virginia he this guy had 300 yards in the first half alone so 294 to be exact. I mean, he, he was fantastic. And so uh, you're going to deal with, with some explosiveness there that Kansas has to contend with. Don't help their offense any by giving them a short field with giveaways. And then hopefully we'll see an opportunistic Kansas defense continue to make enough plays, no matter how they're manufactured, to, to get the occasional takeaway of their own as well. I think special teams plays a role in this one. You know, we've seen Kansas at times the last few weeks. Um, you know, lose some field position on kickoffs, you know, miss some field goals. We've got to have the kicking game be strong because I really do think this is a last possession type game. 
uh, where, you know, it, it could be decided by who has it last or, you know, a single play in this game. It's that close on paper, which shows you how far Kansas has come, quite frankly, because, as you said, we've never won down there. We've lost 12 in a row in the series. But uh, I, I think the Jayhawks have a great shot to win this one on Saturday. You just got to play clean football. Don't have costly penalties. We saw Kansas do a much better job in shoring up the fourth quarter penalties last week. But uh, play complimentary football, too. I mean, have some sustained drives where the running game gets it going a little bit more consistently, and therefore you can allow your defense to rest a little bit more. Uh, I thought our defense on a hot day in Norman, having to be on the field for 100 plays, looked a little bit gassed. And so hopefully we'll see Kansas do a better job of, of playing complimentary ball and, and, you know, have a chance to go down there and get that sixth win and then head into the bye week with a smile on your face, a chance to get some guys back for the Oklahoma State game and have a little bit of pressure off as opposed to reeling with three straight defeats and and, and wondering when that next win is going to come. Awesome stuff, Brian. I appreciate the time. As always, I also appreciate Nimnik True Value Hardware for allowing us the privilege of having you on each week. Do they have anything special going on over there in Ellsworth right now? They always do. Make sure you stop by and, and ask about the weekly specials as you walk in the door. For me, I'm, I'm looking forward to some do-it-yourself projects during the bye week next week once we finally get a breather in the schedule. And so uh, Nimic's the place to go, man. They'll, they'll take you through whatever you need, give you uh, any tips and, and, uh, and, and useful advice in, in taking care of whatever it is you're working on at your respective home. And uh, they'll do it with a smile on their face. Some of the nicest folks you'll ever encounter. Sean Nimnick and his staff, homeowned and operated, quality people, big Jayhawks, support them today, just down the road in Ellsworth at Nimnick True Value Hardware. Thanks, brother, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you very much, Brian Haney, the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. Wrapping up the show here on In the Zone today. We will be back at it again tomorrow at 515 for a Football Friday edition of our show. But until then, for James Wessling and Brian Haney, I am Jackson Schneider. We'll see you later here on 1150 KSAL.